The following podcast is brought to you by hardcore grooming products like this one. Caesar Soto's Riff Sputin Beard Oil Blend. It has seven natural oils that condition, nourish, moisturize, and strengthen while promoting healthy growth. And who doesn't want that? This beard oil will become a must-have in your daily grooming regime. There's a link in the show notes. Drop me in all caps. It'll save you a couple bucks. And also, another sponsor, Red Sky Guitar Repair, for all your guitar repair needs, based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you're coming through town with an emergency, he can help you out. His name is Matt, by the way. Hit him up, Red Sky Guitar Repair. And now, let's start the show. Yeah, yeah, mission accomplished. We made the audience our bitches, and then we fucked their fennies hard. Hey, guys, guys, guys. Um, Listen, can you take next week off? Oh, do you think we need a break? No, I actually think that we need a break. So my brother has got this new club that he opened up, and I promised him I'd throw him some of my open micers, so. A gig? No problem. We're there. Yeah, the thing is, it's out of town. Road gig? World tour? I mean, it's not far. You could probably ride a bike to it. Um, oh, and there's a cover charge. Piece of the gate? Pro gig? No, you'd actually have to pay the cover to get in. This is the Doom Tune Podcast, the podcast for all things within the heavy underground. My name is Chris. I am your host. Today, we're going to go to Nashville, Tennessee for a band we have talked to before, but they have got so many other things going on, whether it's new releases or a record label. And just please sit tight and hear the interview. Here it is right now. You know, everybody, it's been a while. It's been, you know, I'm looking at three plus years right now since I have spoke to these people. And they are some of my favorite people to talk to on the other coast. And, you know, we had big plans uh, back in 2020 that, like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go on vacations. I'm going to see places. I'm going to do things. I want to go back to Nashville. It's such a happening town. That hasn't happened yet, but we do have something I think even better. And that is a few of the members. I think it's two thirds of the band year of October. I have Felicia and Josh. How are you today? We're good. good. How are you doing? Doing great. You know, things have been going really good over here in the Sonoran scene. You know, before we got on mic, I was talking to you about some hurricane season stuff and preparedness. I saw something the other day. I don't know if you have a a, a, um, weather event in Nashville. I'd be curious because I saw something out here for the first time and I was telling people about it and they're kind of like, uh yeah you've never seen one before and i'm like no i just i've been out here for like i don't know seven years or whatever and i saw my first dust storm oh it's crazy because it it just looks like this this cloud of something coming towards you like out of a horror movie or or something or 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 some kind of grandiose epic adventure and then it all hits you in the face and all that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. My skin's getting exfoliated. It's great. Took some, <laughs> took some video. And then when I told people, the first thing that several people said was, don't do that again. 
don't ever do that. I was like, well, it's an event. Like, let's, you know, I've been out in hurricanes. What's the problem? They said, no, no, no. The dust, it, as it as it moves and 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 hits you with this force, it also lifts up uh, valley fever. So if if I wind up getting sick in the next few weeks, I know exactly what it was from. But uh, do you have any weather events like that in Nashville? I don't feel like we have any like crazy weather events. No, uh... we just have uh, tornadoes, which I feel like are pretty normal for this area of the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we had that like crazy rainstorm that like there's video of it coming across like downtown Nashville and it's just like a solid wall of like water and hail and it just yeah. like went like straight across. It was crazy. But I don't feel like that's like, yeah, nothing, too often. Nothing too uh, consistently crazy, I guess, um, other than the typical like thunderstorms in the summer. Like, yeah. This year it's rained like three times as much as it normally does. Uh, right. But yeah, nothing too crazy. I would like to see a dust storm, though. Like just to uh, see it. I'll send you the video, no problem. Yeah. But you know what, you, you know, Josh, you're talking about thunder. You're talking about lightning. You're talking about something heavy coming down, possibly in a sense of fuzz. I don't know. But <laughs> we got to talk about this. The album, the latest album, is called "Keep On Fighting." Now, I want to start off first with the illustration how does the illustration and we're going to go over track by track but how does the illustration tie in to this uh this latest release yeah um we worked with ryan t hancock um to do the artwork on that who's done artwork for like king buffalo albums and stuff um he's amazing but it ties in with our song the hounds a little bit and it's kind of like the fox almost represents being stuck between like a rock and a hard place. Like there's a hunter chasing him and then there's that monster in the mountain. And right. yeah. And what's kind of cool too about the album cover is uh, obviously you see the, the front, you know, online uh, on the back of the album, you can see a really small hunter with a flashlight who's oh. looking for the, you He's know, tiny. and that's why the Fox is looking backward and not forward. But we thought that that kind of rep, like we thought that that kind of, that theme of like, because uh, we wrote the album in 2020, it was very much our our COVID album, right? Uh, we thought that theme of of you know um, kind of feeling stuck, uh, and and you know you can use that metaphor how you like with it's whether it's always looking back to the past and not the future, or you know seeing one enemy but not seeing the grand the bigger picture, right? Uh, and not even not, not even has that relates to COVID, but just has that relates to to life in general. But uh, I think that that kind of over that theme has carried itself through that album, uh, and we thought that that was a cool way to 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 uh, to put it on paper. <laughs> right now, yeah, because and we're going to go over these tracks, and I, I felt that a lot through the lyrical content and the musicianship. Now. This album, if I'm, am, am I mistaken, is this album on a record label called Watch It Burn? It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Rec- yeah, the, we started. Yeah, okay. we started that label uh, right, right before that album came out. We did a 45 uh, release uh, with uh, our friends, the Weird Sisters, and um, then we just we actually just had a new release uh, come out this week. For the band, the Dangerous Method, we're doing a 45 with them. But yeah, that's a label we started, and uh, it's 
specializing in, in vinyl releases. Very nice. So, um, like, tell me, so record people, like, how how is it going? What's the reaction? Because I, I've seen some of the, the some of the crazier stuff that has been released through uh, Wax Mage and I. What's the other one? Plasta at Deviations. Okay, and uh, so did you get did you get to go to see that process? Yeah, we well, we haven't seen. Um, Matt make the Matt's, liquid filled records. Matt's very secretive. He's like Willy Wonka. Yeah. But and, uh, we have gone up to uh, Gotta Groove, the pressing plant, and toured it and seen where they make the vinyl and, and everything. And Heath up yeah. there is one of the owners. He showed us the, the process and wax mages. And it's it's pretty wild. And it's also just super cool how, uh, how much passion and, and, and love they put into it. And we love working with them. Yeah, oh, it's absolutely. Fun let them have kind of free creative reign. Cause like Matt will always be like, what are you kind of thinking for this? And we'll like throw out a couple of ideas, but everything that he comes up with for the liquid filled records is cooler than <laughs> what we could like tell him to do. <laughs> and <clears throat> they're, they're really show pieces. I mean, if you look at statistics where uh, uh, there, there's been discussion about vinyl sales and where do the, where's the vinyl go? And that uh, maybe I, I forgot what it is like only 50% of people that are buying vinyl have a record player to play them on. So they're becoming uh, uh, showpieces like on shelves as like, here's my favorite band and here's a killer looking art piece from it. I think that mm -hmm. is something that is so uh, currently unique and special. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was always a person, I loved physical media. Like we have a huge CD collection and a big right. vinyl collection. I just like being able to like hold the art and like see everything and read all of the like notes, the liner notes and everything. So I love that that is coming back and just kind of being like a center art piece, like a physical form of something you really love. Oh, and they are gorgeous. And just on top of it, hey, here's a thought. Buy, buy merch, buy stuff. <laughs> It'd be freaking great. So, so that way our favorite bands that make our great favorite sounds can keep doing this over and over. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. So if we go, uh, let's go back a little bit uh, to golden days. So if we go back from golden days to now for the latest album, what would you say your progression is? Um, so like golden days came out in 2014 and when we started working on that, I had just switched to guitar uh, in the band. And uh, I actually played bass originally for the first three years because we started in 2010. And um, Golden Days, I feel like, uh, and I, I'm still proud of that record, it definitely um, definitely was us getting our feet wet with, with kind of a new sound, I feel right. like. Uh, and um, we, we played with, uh, at the time, it was our drummer, Greg, and uh, we started touring on that album. But yeah, like that album, um, me listening to it now is interesting because like we still play a lot of those songs. Like when we play like longer sets and we still play winter and shorter sets, but we play them completely differently. And, and um, yeah, that album's definitely more like a like straight blues, mm -hmm. uh, blues rock kind of stuff. And um, I, I feel like each, that one to now, like, that album and then into trouble comes you can definitely hear like a natural progression of of uh of us you know the songs becoming a little more complex and uh us being a little bit more confident i think in our songwriting um 
but I definitely, I definitely think like I think there's definitely more in common with Golden Days and, and Keep on Fighting than some than some people understand. Because I've had some people be like, "These are very different," but I'm like, I, I definitely hear a, a similarity. I don't know what do you what's what's your take on it? I mean, I, I agree with the writing. Just uh, us being more confident writers, us being more confident with our instruments um, and everything. And Josh has recorded all of our albums, and I think his recording process has gotten better and gotten, I mean, you just keep getting better at all of it. And so I think that just shows with each release that we're just kind of getting better and more confident and uh, maybe angrier. Maybe that's the (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, if, if that's what we're going to do, I mean, we're, and we're talking about keep on fighting. It's in the title. Uh, Let's get down to it right now. So we have the first track. It's called Paid Back in Spades. Now, I'm getting some... Blue soak, of course. We, 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 that's 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 year of October right there, with a lurking fuzz. Um, I got this kind of like, yeah. Later, see ya. Um, it it kind of like like ripping up some paper, tearing up a piece of paper. Um, and why? Maybe because it's been done to you so many times before. Something's happened, and it's like you know the drill, and it's it's not even surprising anymore to you. So yeah. what? What can you tell me about Paid Back in Spades? Yeah, that, that song, um, when we wrote it, uh, it was actually into practice uh, in, in 2020. And uh, uh, we uh, we actually were kind of done. Like, we were like, James was like starting to pack up his stuff. And I just, the riff just came out. And James was like putting his cymbals back on. <laughs> He's like, all right, I got to, we got to jam on this. And it was kind of crazy. We wrote that song. I think we started writing it then, like we, we, we you know, put up, pulled out a phone and got a voice in the middle of it, and uh, and then the next practice we finished writing it. Um, but uh, that song, it just came together very naturally, like you wrote lyrics, like on the spot. And um, I just, we, we, we talked about, like me and Jay have talked about this all the time, like with, especially with Keep On Fighting and Wastelands, we, you know, the riff, you want to like, you want to make people just lean back, you know, with that riff. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like, I, I don't know. We didn't really talk about it. It just kind of came together, and it, uh, it just happened very naturally. Like the the bridge section, I think James came up with that little turnaround. Um, but other than that, I don't think we really. And even like going back into the chorus, that was all just uh, happened naturally. I know lyrically, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like being like constantly underestimated. Mm-hmm. Um, not given like a full amount of respect. I'm not even just in music, but in life. Um, and I think that that just can't like Josh's riff just felt like that to me. It was just like wanted to punch someone in the face. And I feel like sometimes we do that with shows. Um, like we like get up on stage and we're like, yeah, take that. And that's kind of what paid back in spades felt like to me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. And yeah, there's, um, Oh man, who was I listening? Oh, okay. So I I was listening to an interview with it's not music, but it was Hulk Hogan, and uh, yeah, because you know he's Hulkamania runs wild everywhere, 
And uh, he was basically talking about the crowd. So, you know, stuff is predetermined in professional wrestling. And he was just saying, you know, the, the crowd will tell you a little bit as well what to do next. And mm -hmm. um, I know sometimes maybe a band will say, no, no, no. I'm going to show you something different or you kind of flow with it. And I, I, I'm getting that from you. Like you're, you're kind of vibing. You have your own vibe. You're throwing it out. You're seeing what the other uh, the, the uh, concert goers are, are giving you back and maybe feeding off that. Have you ever uh, had a set list that you're, you're like, yep, there, here we go. Here's our set list. And then you're like, you know, we got to toss this one and put another one in. Does, does that happen? Oh, Josh does it constantly. Yeah. Like yes. every show. And like sometimes he'll even throw out songs that I haven't finished the lyrics to. And he'll be like, sorry, you've got to write a third verse on the spot. <laughs> With those, uh, we were, well, I was going to say, like, I definitely, um, I definitely live if I'm, if I'm vibing on a song, a lot of times I'll just start it another one. Cause like, you know, so you write a, you write a set list and, and uh, you can, even even sometimes it's not even the audience. It's sometimes the audience, but sometimes it's just the room. Like you're like, yeah, this sounds good. It, I can hear this flowing right into the next song, and uh, I mean, you guys seem to like it. I love it. I think it's then great. you don't have to talk. You know, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and like I've always been. It's funny because I have been a, like a as a child I was a big ham and I loved to like entertain an audience and I took dance and. Uh, in practice, I would just be like all over the place and not paying attention. And then my mom, like I, when we got on stage to compete, my mom would be like, what's the difference? Like, why are you so good when you're on stage competing as to like in practice, you're just like out of it. I'm like, it's the audience. Yeah. <laughs> so always, it's always been like the audience. I feed off of it somehow. I'm a monster. It, and no, not even close. But is, <laughs> is there like, like Josh, do you get, some other internal feeling when you do that, like, um, uh, like a, a gamble, a risk take. And, you know, you're, you're looking for, is there going to be a good payoff or not? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's a good way to put it. Like it's, I think with this band I, and especially with the, the lineup we have now, uh, some of the stuff that we do live, it's, it feels so good because it is a risk and it's like, right. James, our, our drummer is an excellent, he's an excellent musician. And, um, it's, it's nice with the two of us because it's one reason that we've kept it so small is like, we can do, there's some, you know, stuff we can improvise. Like I know at the end of a song, even if it's, if we haven't practiced it, if I'm feeling like the riff slower, that he'll go, go with me on it. Like right. I know that he'll go with me. He knows I'll go with him. There's definitely been times where like we have, uh, probably more than at this point, more than 10 or 11 songs that don't have like, a we have like an idea of the ending, but the ending changes every time. Uh -huh. And uh, I like to think that, you know, it's, it's, it, that's the exciting part. It's like, yeah, like what could happen here? And then like, yeah, you start a new song that you might not have played in a few weeks or, you know, maybe. And you don't feel stuck doing the same thing over and over. Yeah. And over yeah. Again. Like, it, like exciting. And I got to tell you, it must be something for the audience to come see a show and then see a show the next time. And like, that's not the way it went. I, I, what, this is so different and it, it keeps it fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were playing a show at a, one of our favorite venues called Terrapin Station. It's a record store in Murray. It was about, about a week and a half ago. And, uh, 
we decided to close with the song we'd never closed with. And uh, it was a uh, fire's rise off the new album. Yeah. And uh, the song's, you know, uh, you know, pretty ripping and, and it, it has like a huge ending and all this stuff. And it was kind of exciting because we ended it the way we we've done before. And then I just in the, out of the blue heard a riff in my head, like a different part. And I, so I just like James ends it and I just went into it. And immediately he go, he literally screams out. He's like, "Oh yeah!" Like and he just got and like you could feel the energy. Like the whole place cool. was going crazy, and um, and it was definitely like nerve wracking. Like I, I felt nervous about it because I was like, "Oh, I don't know what I'm doing after this," but it 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 worked out, and that's kind of the vibe, uh, you know. That you try to catch those moments, and you, I feel like you can't you can't plan them out because if you do, then it comes off as unauthentic, or I feel. You know, like oh, I gotta wait for my hits or you know whatever, and like there's ways to do that, but uh, but if you can pull it off and, and do it in, in the most natural way possible, uh, there's there's something to that that can't be replicated. <laughs> and, and that's funny because <clears throat> as you were you were talking about the 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 song you chose, I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense to be um, a, a final track for the evening. Yeah, um, definitely without question. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that in a minute, but we we're gonna we're gonna move forward to the hounds. I like the tempo changes for for some reason that I feel it that, that got me. Uh, it, it keeps me in the story, uh, like kind of like a horror classic. Uh, what can you tell me about the hounds? Yeah. Um... We, we wrote that one, um, the three of us again, and I, I, what's, what's cool about that one, that one was also very natural, the way that the tempo changes, because it, it, in the chorus, when it goes to like, it's not really halftime, it's like two-thirds time. That's just something that, that me and James just went into, and it just felt right. But the way you write the lyrics tell the story. Yeah, it is like a story, and I think like, after the first chorus, it's almost like, because it's kind of, it's like about a fox hunt, sort of, in like yeah. a literal. And so like at the beginning, it's like, oh God, I'm trying to get away. And then we get through that first chorus and he's like, I slipped away. And like, it kind of like settles back into the like, and then uh, and he's going into another monster. And uh, yeah, the second verse is from the cave. Mm -hmm. and, and so the second, yeah, the second verse is she's describing, uh, what's the lyric like? Um, I slipped away to a new fate, my eyes adjusting to the darkness of this den. The, the scent of death, the smell of earth. The crunch of bone. The crunch of bone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like the, the, like, we talk about this too when we're writing lyrics, because, like, I think I helped with that verse. You did help with that verse. And, uh, what we talk about all the time, like, like, I want people to, like, see or hear it, like, it's, you know what I mean, like, a lyric, it doesn't have to be, like, a specific, like, I did exactly this, but, like, if you can say a lyric and somebody has their own image, pop in their head yeah. i think that's it's kind of beautiful yeah but yeah. I, I like the sense because he's like oh thank god i got away and then immediately it comes back into the sense of oh like horror yeah, yeah. he's like oh no i'm caught again and I, I think we talked about this too we wanted it to be like he gets away from the hunter but into a worse fate with whatever's in the cave you know and that's why like <laughs> the bridgey part uh too is like almost like a, a insanity because he's like i can't get away either way i go is like and with it speeding up, I, I don't know. I like it, and yeah. it it ties in perfectly to the illustration. It just explains it, especially with the front. And I've, I haven't seen the back yet, but you know, 
I'm, I'm going. I'm going with your with your word on that one. <laughs> we'll send you the back. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, the next track is "Keep On Fighting." Uh, now, this one is giving me some time. Let me ease into it. Then I get this vibe like, "Hey, here, here listen. Take the hint." Now, I don't know if you're talking about someone or yourself. You know, like, uh, like, like a lot of people do. You know, you got a, you got a bad situation, you get out. Is it an internal dialogue? Is it, is it to someone? What can you tell us about this track? I think it's more internal dialogue um, because, like, what I've realized um, playing music for so long um, is that keep on fighting and like just keeping on going is the way that you can make it and the way that you just get to keep doing it is just not stopping because we've seen so many great bands just stop playing and I think like you just have to tackle everything that keeps coming at you and I think that was kind of the meaning of this song it's like oh another mountain has come up in front of me <sighs> but I've got to keep on fighting <laughs> here it go. goes again and it's just like over and over and over again I, I feel like too that that song and the kind of I think, it, I think it carries through the whole album, but I think like that, it almost became like the year of October, like month, like seriously, like in 2020, when, you know, when times were the lowest, it was like, keep on fighting, practice, play, you know, do what you can do, do a live stream. Like we did, you know, 15 to 20 live streams in, in 20 and 20, 2020 and 2021. But it was definitely like, it was like our, our kind of our life force of keeping us going. Um, and uh, I feel like, I don't know. That song gets me really personally, just because, like, the chorus, like, like it. it uh, uh, we did our album release show, and I, I think I was definitely, I was definitely in tears a little bit because, like, it didn't feel like it was ever going to happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, such a weird time. Yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, it's definitely something that we still, still live by. But I think it's like so I can apply it personally, but I think it also applies to you know the other people and and uh, uh, just like you know. You can, apply, you can apply it to many different things the meaning right. of it well you know and speaking of that so uh, you know you you got emotional with with when you're playing that song live and continually moving forward like we're gonna do right now with o discordia now i'm curious about this jack because i looked up discordianism i don't know if there is a tie to that so um i, I first i just want to ask can you please Tell me about the track, and maybe we could talk a little bit about discordianism. So uh, this track is interesting because, like, um, we uh, the the title "O Discordia" is actually a reference to uh, uh, the Dark Tower series, mm -hmm. uh, Stephen King, uh, and um, when the character, like, I think it's like book three or so, when they they start saying it, but whenever they're in this town and everybody is like, whenever anything goes bad, they say "O Discordia" and they like exclaim it to the to the heavens, you know. And like they're yelling out Otis Cordia. So we thought that that was, that was cool. And like, we love the Dark Tower. So Felicia wrote the lyrics, you know, kind of based around that. But like we, we wrote the song originally, James came in actually with the drum part first. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was jamming on it. And I was like, I had the idea kind of came to me and, and, we, and we jammed on, but we were like, you were writing it. And I think we were all like, me and you were like, oh, that'd be cool if we, you know, like we came up with that chorus with Otis Cordia. Um, 
but the whole like you could talk more about the lyrics i think yeah um i don't the lyrics are kind of based in that dark tower series um and just about kind of like having to do the same thing over and over again until you reach like the actual like correct final ending and constantly fighting the same battles which i feel like goes back to keep on fighting yeah. like it's kind of about the similar thing and it's just like continuing on that similar story that we're telling with this record um but yeah it's about just like having to do but like doing the same thing over and over again but keeping doing it because you know you have to get somewhere you have to fight these things and able to get the good thing done yeah and that makes a lot of sense because if you look up discordianism uh centered on the idea that order and disorder are just illusions it kind of goes back to with this hurricane thing that i was saying where it's like i'm in the middle of chaos but i don't know maybe i'm not maybe i'm just it's uh because it says that the um it's imposed on the universe by the human nervous system so it's within us so we can have our order or our disorder it's our own choosing oh that's cool that's what i got out of it i don't you know who knows yeah. that, i don't that fits that fits uh, with the song and i didn't mean it to but it does yeah that's really cool i i like that idea uh, a lot um yeah that's interesting that's a I feel like that gives my chorus even more meaning. So uh, we're just going to that and Yes, it does. That's why I was like, holy shit, how deep are they going here? I mean, I, I don't know because it, I, I was just, I was kind of taken back. I love when I can uh, uh, take something apart like that and say like, is this what it is? Or I, I could be totally off base, but you know, I thank you. I like that it goes with it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That makes yeah. me seem like a super intellectual, and I love it. <laughs> yes, that's all I see. I, I'm capping down whole thing. Turn the, the thing over there. <laughs> Whatever that the, the what is that thing called? What is Tassel. That? Tassel. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, vocabulary. Fuck me. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're gonna move on to this next track, left with nothing. Now, where do I go next? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm content with everything. And then at this 1.30 or so mark, I'm getting this smashing pumpkin feel that kind of wanders through the idea of uh, landing, but literally coming up empty-handed. Uh, that's how I, that's what I got out of the track. Um, what can you tell me about Left With Nothing? writing that one uh which is when we were stuck at home uh it was almost like coming to grasp with like the depression that we were stuck in and it was i'm hung up here and i'm floating and i don't know where we're gonna land i don't know if we're gonna land i don't know what's gonna happen um and i think that's kind of what that whole song like encompassed yeah and and that's one um and I, police has heard me say this many times. I've had, I had to fight for that one uh, to get on the album and to get finished. Once we finished, I think everybody knew it was on the album. Uh, but I'd had that the, the, the verse guitar part for a while, and uh, we were jamming on it. We I think the big thing was we just weren't sure what to do with it at the time. And uh, once it came together, it kind of just, you know, that yeah. one. I love it now. I love, I love it. Yeah, it yeah. Live now. It's, it's like, I love it. That might it's be, great. yeah, it's like one of my favorite 
guitar parts I've written. And I, I one of the, the cool things, like I, I recorded the, uh, the little lead lines that come after the choruses. There's like a little, uh, it's like, there's like no sustain and it's kind of, but like I played my, my buddies, uh, actually a band I was recording, Dangerous Method, they recorded uh, here at our studio. Right. And um, he left one of his guitars here and I asked if I could use it on the song. And I thought that this, I thought that the, the guitar part was, was so like, it was like, it represented being, you know, hollow and empty and, and uh, at the same time, like kind of, it's like beautiful. Uh, and it just, I don't know, it just felt like what was right for that part. And I, I think that's the most proud I've been of the guitar parts. <laughs> <laughs> now, do so. you think because of, you know, where when this album had, uh, had matured, I guess you could say, um, and and other other bands in the same era, you know, when there was a lot of downtime. Do you think that um, <clears throat> maybe in the music industry we'll look at this time period and it'll actually have a name for it because of the way everybody was feeling and what was uh, what what the musicians were expressing at this period? I I really do because I I mean so many bands with us all being stuck at home. I feel like when we play a lot, they're like, oh, this is our COVID album or this is our 2020 song. And so, like, I feel like there's, there has to be something. Yeah, there has to be something. And, I, and also how much music's coming out now in the last two to three years. And, and, and so much quality music, like just, you know, phenomenal stuff uh, across the board. Not that there wasn't great music coming out before, but I feel like people are... You know, people are putting out double albums and you know all this this work and you get to sit with stuff for longer i think let it ferment yeah it's a good way to put it. you know <clears throat> brings me up to something else I, and, I, and i know we got to keep going on this but um so you have this record label and you figure what like what is a max like 22 minutes aside something like that on a on a lp i think you can yeah it's like I think you can get up to like 23 ish. Yeah, and then the quality might kind of change a little bit. So I'm curious yeah. because like, you know, I was I was brought up through every LPs, eight tracks, cassettes, CDs, you know, by the time you get to the CD, there are people making 70 minute albums. And I am curious because like in this, you know, in the seventies, uh, there would be many rock bands and other acts that would put out releases almost every year. Yeah. Because when you look at the amount, it's like, oh, this is a 35-minute album. Mm -hmm. And you can do... And, and, and like, Felicia, like you're saying, like, maybe uh, you have the material for a 70-minute album, but you put out, your, you know, your best stuff, and then you try and hone the rest of the stuff for hopefully the next release. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you think that the from the um, the this meteoric rise really of lps again and, and vinyl uh do you think that that's going to change the way bands are doing releases i kind of hope that it does we we've always uh gone into it with wanting our stuff to be on vinyl and so wanting to like get the best within a certain time frame and i think that really that limitation allows you to really realize what your best work is. And you're like, I need this to be a part of this. If there's something that's not quite up to snuff yet, you can just knock it off. Yeah. And like, I, and then with keep on fighting, it's definitely like pushing the limits. It's like 45 minutes, uh, right over 45 minutes. So it's like, I think the longest I've seen, I know, I know, uh, recently I, you know, Howling Giants, 
uh, last the previous release, 2019 release was like mm-hmm. 48 minutes, I think. So, you know, you could get it on there, but yeah, it definitely is something we are conscious of. And, uh, other artists that we talk to are, um, and that's something like for me personally, like there's a lot of great 70 minute albums, but I like, I think for me personally, I would rather hear 35 minutes of pure focused, you know, music mm-hmm. than 70 minutes with four or five songs that are just okay. Um, I call it trimming the fat. Yeah. Cause like a lot of times I'll come in with lyrics even that I've, it's like too many words and we'll go through and just like narrow it down. So like we kind of do it and, Trim the fat on well, everything. And like with Keep On Fighting, we wrote probably 15 or 16 songs. Uh, and then we were like, all right, here's the 10 we need to focus on. Yeah. And then we, and then those other five or six we're still tweaking and, and working on now. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that we're conscious of. And I, just in our small, you know, Nashville scene, other bands are conscious of it. And that's kind of the focus is like, hey, let's keep it, you know, within the LP format. Because right. a double LP, cost twice as much as much as cool as it would be to put out a double LP. I, I can't afford it. <laughs> I get it. And you know, that that's fine. You know, you, it, but it's more illustration that we get uh, maybe even more variants that we get. So as a consumer, I'm like, yes, please bring this. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So as we move to Thistle, which um, I've been hearing, it's, it's kind of a favorite track of quite a few people lately. And it must be something I look, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what I w- was thinking as I wrote this. Um, but I, I, I was feeling existential here. Um, uh, what I wrote was um, the superficiality of the external isn't a match for this internal awakening. Or is it? Now, as complacency, as complacency, complacency? Yeah, that's right. As complacency hits. Do my methods of attack deteriorate? How can I maneuver around these spiny prickles from the thistle? And is it a warning not to get involved? Is Or maybe the thistle and, and the pricks and etc. are offering some kind of protection? I, I don't know. That's what I was getting out of this track. Please, uh, Felicia, Josh, help me. Talk to me <laughs> about this. Um, I do think I agree with the complacency um, and how I, I was kind of like, I feel like the world is getting lost in a weird electronic world, like of their phones and they're not paying attention to what's going on around them and not uh, like honing relationships and building relationships with actual people. And like in the second verse, I say like the trees, they whisper, but you miss what they're telling because you're like so lost in something that isn't real. What? Oh. I am talking about I this. I quoted the wrong song. Okay. <laughs> now, all right, hold on. Let's, let Felicia, let's put a pin in that for a second. What, <laughs> what, where, where were you going? Which song are we talking about for you? I was talking about this one. But, but then I quoted, keep on fighting. <laughs> you know what? Look. It's the album. What do you expect? It's fine. It's all good. You know what it is? Here, Felicia, you know, it's, it's what we call a symbiotic flow. And we're, we're flowing. Oh, my wife just walked in. We're flowing. We're flowing. Um. But it is kind of about complacency. And uh, the thistles are almost like uh, intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. And if you let the intrusive thoughts 
take over, you'll get buried beneath them. That makes so much sense because a thistle basically is a weed, right? It is the, it's the weeds like, of your mind. Yeah, the weeds of your mind. And I, when you explained that to me, it kind of blew my mind. It's like, I didn't, you know, when you're jamming on it, you can't always pick up on the, the lyrics. I remember, I remember you picking, you know, picking through that and, uh, and like, yeah, I feel like, I was like, I feel like that summarized so much of what we were feeling. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times I I do let intrusive thoughts take over and I'll be like lost in this, like, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. And like, then you get buried and like, you can't move. You can't move because of something that's going on in your own head. Um, and I, it's just like, you have to pick the thistles. You have to stop it. You have to say it's not right, it's not real. And that's what that's about. <laughs> Well, thank you, Felicia. I appreciate you weaving in basically the entire album into that uh, experience right there. Uh, thank you so much. We're gonna, we gotta, we're gonna move forward to the song "Control." I only have one word for this: drugs. <laughs> Please, I don't know. I, I'm like, I, I'm sure it has a, a bunch of different meanings and such. Uh, maybe you can give me some introspection. But this is what I feel is happening. I. I I see it in in Phoenix. There's a place here called the Zone. It's a it's a very sad area for homelessness, and um, I, I I see it daily. I hear it from from even clients and such about the losses due to uh, opioids, and um, maybe you're feeling that in the Nashville area. I didn't know, but what can you tell me about control? Um, like I, I say with. This was one that we wrote. Um, me and James had the, we 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 basically jammed on the the intro and uh, the verse groove before you wrote any lyrics, and uh, and then I believe like we had that for a while. Yeah. We even played it instrumentally at a couple shows, just like the intro part. Just basically doing the intro and the outro was like a forty-five second. Thing. Yeah. I. I think it's more about losing yourself um, to like a job that's killing you, which I could relate to a drug and addiction that's killing you. Um, Yeah. um, But yeah, I think it's about like losing who you are and like forgetting like what you love and um, all of that because you're constantly having to do the same thing over and over again so that could translate to like a job that's killing you which i think was where i was coming from mm-hmm. um that's what i we, love yeah because it you know my interpretation i could feel something so deep and so connected to a song and like and it's funny that you even say this there i, I interviewed uh, crystal spiders a while ago and it was the same thing i was i had this this idea in my head of everything that the song was about and she's like, uh, well, yeah, you know, it's kind of like just, it was a bad work environment, really. I was just, I didn't mm-hmm. like my job. I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> yes. So basically, um, if, if we're, if we're taking note, Year of October and, and Crystal Spiders, um, they're telling you basically, find the right work environment and, and you, <laughs> and you won't be so crabby. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's what's so cool about music is like, that's what like, we, we talk about all the time is like, I love the fact that 
that everyone gets something different out of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And you're going to apply it to your own life or your own experience. And I think that's the, the great thing about art. Like, uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it truly is. And that even brings me to this next track, bringing me down. I wasn't sure. So I'm like, is this, uh, is this track kind of talking about the lockdown? Is it talking about racism? Is it talking about the crumbling foundation of a relationship? I wasn't sure, so I took, I'm taking my own thoughts of what I feel it means, but why don't you both tell me? What is bringing me down about? I think all of the above that you mentioned. Okay. Yeah, it's all of that in one. Yeah, I think, I think the bringing me down um, when we were working on it, that was definitely that was definitely one we put a lot of work into the lyrics and uh, uh, I mean racism definitely played a huge part in it especially us being in the south mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see it daily but I see it within our community and that was a, a big part of it um, and that's something that, that we wanted to take a stand against but, yeah well please yeah. yes stand up yeah yeah, but um, but like, yeah, that song applies to a lot of different things, um, and like, I don't know, it's one of the most rewarding songs I think we wrote, just because like, you know, it's another one that took a long, it took a lot, I feel like it took a long time, it didn't yeah. come together just over a few practices. I, I feel like writing it, um, we were being brought down by a lack of empathy that we were seeing in just the world in general. And I'm like, just just try and see something from someone else's perspective. Um, understand what's going on, um, and that you you can't understand fully someone else's viewpoint. And so don't don't look down upon them. Don't try to trample on someone that's different than you because you, you don't understand. You're a thousand percent right. And uh, even in hearing this, and it, it seems so petty, really, but like it it just kind of reminds me of being a teenager in some way where you know you like a certain band a certain genre or whatever and you're like oh you don't like that oh what are you stupid what's wrong with you it's just not for them like you know music i listen to isn't for other people other stuff i don't really care for i'm not you know you don't say it's crap which i probably did when i was a teen because it wasn't what i liked you know and i gotta mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta have this kind of certain music that i only like um but I think that comes with age too, you know, and hopefully some people grow. I mean, maybe uh, possibly um, they can't grow. Maybe there's too many thistles around and uh, yeah, but you know, there's a lot of pricks in this world. So you know, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Fires Rise, and we talked about this. This is why I like this as a closing track, because I got this vibe of, uh, hey, listen, 
Be careful coming to the table because you just might get fed. And I'm interested in this, though. I, I'm interested in what you got. So how about this? Let's jump off the cliff together and let's figure it out on the way down. And I feel like that is a great track to close a, a, a set with because you're like, hey, come come with us. We're going to take you on a journey and, uh, you know, we'll figure it out and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll see you on the next one. Um, what can you tell me about The Fire's Rise? Yeah, um, this is another one that, like, I think James had the... Me and James, the, the, the track came about very naturally. Uh, we were just jamming in practice, and uh, he started doing, you know, some of that drum, you know, some of the drum beats and stuff, and it just, the, the riff just kind of came out. And I think you started writing right there. And I think we even discussed uh, uh, lyrics, like, while we were writing it, because we were like, I think James might have, like, we, me and James might have even said, like, something feels like it's on fire. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. And so, like, you're like, the fire's rise. Like, so we we had definitely uh, discussed that, like, I don't know, what, is, what does the, the lyrics mean to you? I don't know, it's like, almost like not wanting to get too close and not wanting to open up in, like, the whole first half. And then the end is, like, the acceptance and becoming a part of it and becoming open to... Yeah the experience and the fire. <laughs> fire. Exactly. <laughs> and now, we come to the final track, and I know this is like a going theme here, how death came to the city. Again, you know, and I, and maybe it was from the media that I was seeing, but I also felt that this could have been easily something about the, uh, the, the shutdown. Um, I get a lot of drug thoughts about this, um, and I don't know um, if I'm close, but uh, that's what I was getting out of it. Uh, what can you tell me about how death came to the city? had that riff for a while and I really liked the riff and we jammed this one took the longest to write like this is probably the longest the year of October ever taken to finish to get finished just because like I think when we were working on it I was like we can't get too big too quickly we gotta really like ease into this uh, I just had I had a, a, a vision about it but we all kind of weren't sure yeah and when, and when James started doing the like we had the intro I wanted to the idea uh my head is it's it's almost like Lord of the Rings, like like Helm's Deep, like you're holding off the orcs, you know, and like the drums are supposed to be the chains, like on a like being dragged by a monster, you know, because it's like doom, doom, doom. It's supposed to be yeah, like drums of the deep, like it's like this. Definitely, like in my head, it was Lord of the Rings for sure. Okay, uh, and then with the <laughs> lyrics, mine was. Oh, almost like uh, the old gods because I had read um, American Gods and uh, Anansi's Anansi Boys Anansi Boys yeah and so from Neil Gaiman and it's kind of like incorporating like the old gods and Anansi and almost like how he's like this like trickster god and he like gets this person almost on a death walk and he like trades places with them and yeah there's a yeah there's a story called how death came to the city yeah called how death came to the city yeah that's an anansi story wow and yeah i mean i 
I, I now I see it um, with how I was feeling about it because I feel like it was something that was luring you in possibly to some form of abuse whether it was from somebody else or even yourself mm -hmm. that's it that's a good point when we we have the uh like the the vocal line that's like the, the humming you know like that that harmony which is kind of it's very eerie and creepy and we actually wrote the whole song before we had that and right. playing a video game i was playing uh Sekiro, which is an amazing video game but in the game, there's this, there's these enemies that will whistle to each other, and they, it doesn't sound exactly like that. But it's like, woo -hoo, woo -hoo, woo -hoo, like, and it doesn't sound like. like you sound like Woody Woodpecker. Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> but it's like it's actually That's a, a terrifying enemy. Woody Woodpecker. But this 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 whistle, they whistle to each other, and in the game, they're like very hard enemies. And so, and I would hear that whistle, I would be like trying to get cover or like get away from them. Right. And so, like, I was like, "Oh man, it's kind of." I was like, "I wanted to apply that to the to the song," mm -hmm. and I came up with the the vocal line. Felicia mm -hmm. sang it, and uh, I think it fits really well. And then, like, we I really liked it because, like, when you were saying though about the luring part, though, because I really the guitar break with the vocal, like, I was like, "It's so pretty," and then I, it's just, and then you. It's you almost know, like ghostly sirens. Yeah, that's kind of the way. Like it is. drawing you in that little like humming part. Yeah. So. With a with a Woody Woodpecker theme. Exactly. That's what we should have done. Well, do you think that maybe in a future album you might have something that uh, relates to Buzz Buzzard? Um, he was uh, a nemesis, I believe, of Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, I think that's what the next album's about. I like it. I'm with you. Wow. Let me tell you, this has been a journey. Um, I appreciate you both going over the album with me. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I know we can pick it up in Bandcamp and stuff. We'll have links in the show notes but um since i got you here uh do you mind if i go through just a few more questions let's do it let's do it okay some of these <clears throat> i don't know i i like if i visit a place i like to look at stuff um i don't necessarily need to go to the grand old opry uh although it's delightful i'm sure um but there's other places that i want to go and i'm curious if you have been to them uh, the first one is the Hatch Show Printing Shop. Have you been we there? Have, we haven't been there, but we have several Hatch Show prints that we bought at Ryman shows. They're one of my favorite yeah. posters. It's awesome. Explain the show. What, 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 we, what do you mean? Um, the at the Ryman Auditorium. Almost every is it every show? They, every show they do. They, they do have special Hatch Show print posters that you can nice. buy. And they're is, like limited. Is that something that band like can a, a, a band like yourself can you get prints through them or is that like something special? They have a deal or something? We could probably I think we get could probably press some through them. Yeah. I'm not sure. I've never thought about it. We should look into. We that. should look into that. Please do. <laughs> okay, um, there is a place. I think it was uh, Reba McIntyre, maybe her previous husband or something. Anyway, uh, there's this area, the 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 uh, music row. Okay, in yeah. Nashville. Uh, have you ever touched the hidden heart at Music Row? And if so, does it possess a special power? I don't even know what that is. Do you yeah, know what I, that I is? Don't, I'm not, I have not, we have not touched it. Now we have, you, you've given us two quests so yes. far. These are good side quests. <laughs> We've been on Music Row many times. I used yeah. to work right up the street from there, but I didn't know about the hidden heart. Okay, there's, so there's a wall of like stone. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. There oh, is yeah. a there is a heart, like a literal, you know, heart in that stone. I it's a little bit on the lower side, but I you know I would fully suggest that anybody goes over there, and uh, much like uh you know what what over overseas they got the Blarney Stone. You rub that. For good luck. I mean, why isn't everybody rubbing uh, the hidden heart? Let's do that. Let's start a trend. Yeah. I yes. agree. I'm gonna, we're we're going to go, find, gonna go it. find it. Maybe Hashtag hidden spot. heart. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be pronouncing this correctly. Timothy Demon Braun. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the, the cave for the first uh, uh, citizen of Tennessee. Uh, what do you think? Uh, have you seen it? Is it is it spectacular? We haven't seen this either. We <laughs> okay. haven't experienced our town. <laughs> okay, then that's that's totally okay because there's plenty of things that you know are in this area. It's probably like a mile from me. I haven't seen it either. But it's just it's I just it's just these thoughts. Um, there's a place in Nashville, I believe, uh, Dragon Park. Yeah, we've been to Dragon Park. Thank, woo! All right, one. now one for four. <laughs> Dragon Park, is that a good space for a band photo op? Probably. Yeah. Get on the dragon. It's cool. Yeah. It's over by the bell court. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That'd be okay. Neat. Now, uh, I saw there's a place because, uh, you know, Nashville, I mean, come on, man. It's a big city. It's a big place. Tons of places to eat. Uh, but, you know, I like I might want some barbacoa. And I looked up this place and I'm cl- curious if uh, anybody has tried it. The Honey Tree Meadery? Oh, yeah. We've been there. Our friends, our friend Joseph and the Dangerous Myth had played a show there. We saw him play there. Yeah, All right. On. Yeah, the mead was really good. Definite place to visit. Okay, good. Um, I know you'd mentioned a few venues, but okay, so, so there's going to be a band coming through your town and they need to book some gigs and stuff. Where do you suggest they uh, book a gig at? The Cobra. Yeah, Cobra. Uh, Cobra's great. Uh, five spots. Uh, uh, basement's always good if you can get in it. Uh, yeah, there's some. Those are those are definitely our, our some of our favorites for sure. We did our album release show at Cobra, and it was it was great. Okay, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Now, here's the thing. So I've got this other list of questions. I, I try to say the same thing, like it's a lightning round. It never works, so I'm probably going to hang that up, and I'll just ask you these final <laughs> questions before we call it a day here. Um, what is your current streaming app binge? Um, we just re-binged 30 Rock. I haven't gotten into it yet, and I'm, I know, I know, I'm sorry. Uh, I haven't gotten into that. I've never seen an episode, never seen an episode of The Office uh-huh. American version. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's my next thing. Um, I'm stuck right now uh, going through an animated series on Hulu called Solar Planets, and I just I'm addicted right now. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Um, it's uh, 30 Rocks on Hulu, and uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's hilarious. Okay. Uh, p- please. Uh, word to the wise. Check it out. Okay. Now, do you or anyone you know have a story about a dog named Butler. I don't think I've met a dog named Butler. I looked it up and apparently Captain Kirk's dog is named Butler. So if our drummer James was here, I'm sure he would have a story because he's a little trekkie. But okay. we have 
Yeah. Let me see if I can find this. Um, uh, okay, so Butler was a dog in Nashville. And there is a statue to this dog. And it's it's in like kind of a an alleyway or something. And he was like a local dog that used to roam around Nashville. And they had a statue dedicated to him with a plaque and everything. Uh, that's cool. Now we got to find the hidden heart and yeah. Butler the dog. Yeah, we got to find Butler. There's a lot to do. I'll, I will be sure to send you the links because you'll it. Please. Oh, I love to. I love the homework. <laughs> Thank you. OK, now, uh, if you had the opportunity to buy contacts that would change your eye color based on your mood, would you buy them and why? Yeah, I was a big fan of mood rings. In OK. The so like mood contacts seem great. And then like when I'm angry, having like fire red contacts, I think would make me more intimidating. Interesting. Now here's, here's the thing because sometimes you can't tell what people are feeling. Now, do you feel like you're going to have be having your emotions basically on your sleeve because you're showing them and do you try to hide them? My face shows it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, it does. I I like to hide mine, so I would not like the contacts. <laughs> I just, you know, sit there and, and hide them and smile. What color would happiness be? Happiness would be like pink. 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't want pink. <laughs> no, I don't either. And be, word to the wise, wash your pillowcases. You never know. I, I have a dogs. I know what they do. Uh, okay. Uh, do you have a secret food hack? Like something that would be an addition to food to make it better oh yeah this is josh's we question he's just, so excited we just it. recently started uh you get simply lemonade like a regular lemonade yes you get little the little uh kool-aid packets of raspberry lemonade you add the kool-aid packet to the simply lemonade and it it makes blue raspberry which they have raspberry simply lemonade but the blue raspberry that you make with the cool the single kool-aid packet is better it's delicious We've okay. drank like we just started doing this like a week and a half ago, and we've drank like ten of these. <laughs> so it, it's it's a worthy. It, it's very worthy. Now, is there? Uh, do you put a libation in it, or is this just a straight uh, lemonade? Oh, straight lemonade. Just straight mixer. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's something to try. I remember somebody told me a while ago uh, they use like what I would consider tang, but it's like an orange breakfast drink or something, and they mixed it. With Diet Mountain Dew. Now, hey, uh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying it was pretty good. Um, I don't know if I uh, am, am, am a, a fan of uh, mixing it with anything else, but it was, yeah, it's a good beverage. You maybe give it a shot. Okay. Finally, what is something that you recently purchased that might possibly be your best purchase this year? Uh it's definitely Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, uh, the, the game. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you, Josh, you mentioned gaming before. Um, you seem like a, a bit of a gamer here. Um, quick question about that. What was the first video game you've ever played? Uh, I think the first video game I ever played was Mario on the regular Nintendo, Super Mario Brothers. Now, was that a one because, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you were a young kid at the time and uh, you didn't have money to buy it and you hope that the parents buy it or somebody or, you, you know, Nick one or, I got you know, for Christmas from my grandma. Yeah. Okay. And I actually, uh, 
what's kind of funny is uh, I uh, got it from my grandma, and uh, you know, obviously it's two player. So I, uh, I I made her play with me, and she was always Luigi. So to this day, I call I couldn't say Luigi because I was like you know a little kid, but I would I called her Grandma Ouija. Yeah, so everyone calls her Ouija. Yeah, everyone calls her Ouija because she oh played as Luigi. And uh, so to this day, everyone's like, Grandma Ouija. And everyone thinks they're like, oh, is she into Ouija boards? And we're like, no, Luigi. <laughs> we were just little kids. <laughs> Look, my grandmother's a mystic. Leave it at that, would you please? <laughs> thank you. Well, uh, Felicia, Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Um, you got anything that you want to plug or tell people how to get your stuff? Yeah, just go pick up our new album, Keep On Fighting. Um, it's available on our band camp. We've got uh, a couple different uh, variants of that record. We've got all of our records available there too. Um, and we started our new label, Watch It Burn Records. Um, our band camp is? Oh, yearofoctober.bandcamp.com. And Watch It Burn Records, we have uh, just put out a new 45, The Dangerous Method. We have The Weird Sisters on there, and we also have Year of October on there as well. Um, but yeah, Watch It Burn Records, you can follow us on Instagram and then also Bandcamp is just watchitburnrecords.bandcamp.com. And um, yeah, we're, we're real excited. Uh, we also like, uh, you know, we're, we're touring quite a bit. So we'd love, you know, if we're in a city near you. You can, you can, you know, find us on, the, on our website. We got all our dates up there and uh, you can come out and see us. We'd love to see you. And I want to try something. I don't think I've done this on the podcast yet. So it's my, if I have, I apologize. I, I don't know. My memory's fucking going. Here's what I'm going to ask the both of you. Uh, while we're here live, please tell me what is the best track on this release so that I can play it and everyone is going to buy it. You say your favorite. Uh, I'd say, I mean, I'd say my favorite's Thistle. It's probably my favorite. I mind in spades say that again felicia oh paid back in spades huh you know what all right you know fuck it let's play both all right thank you so much to uh the members <laughs> of year of october and um we'll do this again real soon love talking to you, thank you. yes thank yes, you thank you for thank us. you thank you so much to josh and felicia truly Really enjoy spending time talking to you both. And there's so many things, as you can tell from the interview, that are going on in their worlds. Much like the two tracks we're going to play. Let's start out with the first one. This is Thistle.
Thank you so much for joining us on the Doom Tomb Podcast. Ian from No Masters Audio. Hit him up on Instagram. He has this thing, No Masters Audio. He does all things sound for the Doom Tomb. You can follow us on social media, Doom Tomb, Doom Tomb Podcast. You can like, subscribe, tell a friend. You can even listen to us on craniumradio.com, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a different kind of show because I play music, I talk. It's like an actual radio show. You should tune in. Check it out. See what you like. Podcast at gmail.com. Get on. Talk about the song. Talk about the album. I don't care. Let's start a dialogue. Let's get this going. All right. That's it. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you soon. Probably at a show. Oh, by the way, Red Sky Guitar Repair. For all your guitar repair needs in Scottsdale, Arizona, and hardcore grooming products. Hit them up. The link is in the show notes. All right. That's it. I'm out of here. Buy some band merch, and above all, keep it heavy!